I'm your host, Isaac, and in this episode we have a little bit of a change of venue. So I'm currently on the train on our way to to an ICP tournament in Milton Keynes, hosted by David. So David and Jess are currently taking the car up. I'm currently on the train with my good friend Alistair. And yeah, so we're just going to essentially introduce the podcast on here. So I'll briefly bring up what the purpose of this episode is going to be. So like I said, we have an ICP regional championships in Milton Keynes. The UK barely got any FFG regionals. So we've been trying to just get a couple of ICP ones in wherever we can. And this is the first one. The date is, I believe, the 17th of November. So pretty early regional. So essentially, David, Jess and I, we are going to record in and out throughout the day. Essentially different segments and discuss how we did. We'll bring on a couple of other people onto the podcast and we'll ask them how their rounds went briefly. And it'll probably be a longer episode than usual. I think it's going to be good. We're going to have um, a bunch of different people on from a bunch of different stages during the day. Hello, everyone. This is time traveling just for you. So we'll get back to Isaac and Alistair on the train in a little bit. But I'm here to give you a little bit of news. So the major news is that FFG has finally officially stated that Worlds 2020 at Adepticon is going to be the last event for Imperial Assault. A lot of us are going to be quite sad about this news. We're all not surprised. And at least this does give it an official end date and hopefully that means that more people are going to be excited for this event and we'll see a really good turnout. So registrations are open. David and I have already got our spots and so we hope to see you there. So we've got on Thursday, March 26th is going to be the last chance qualifier for those of you that haven't got your seat yet myself included. And the Friday is going to be Swiss with the cut post-cut on Saturday the 28th. Also at Adepticon, we'll have an official IACP regional that Sunday the 29th of March from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And we hope to see you there. It's actually going to be run by the Build on Hope crew. Hope to see you there. Now, those of you in the UK, we've got an official FFG regional coming up the 15th of February in Sheffield. So keep that in your calendars. All right. Now, just to give you an overview of what is coming up in this podcast, we've got Isaac and Alistair will be discussing their lists. David will give you an overview of the event and what kind of lists we saw coming up on the day and how it was organized and run. We'll have interviews with a couple people during the Swiss. We have a longer interview with Paul who made it into the top four. We have a really brief interview with George who made it to second place. And we have a longer extensive interview with the Sam Whitaker who is our winner for this IACP regional. And after that, David, Isaac, and I discuss our lists, break down the event in a little bit more detail, chat about IACP, and discuss the premium Hunger Games side of it. And we hope you enjoy it. And now back to Isaac and Alistair on the train. So I think it's going to be exciting. I'm excited as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You caught me right now before I realize how bad my list does, so right now I'm actually much more enthusiastic than I may be a bit later in the day. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, as we know, I mean, you're not going to have your command deck 
you know, fully figured out until halfway through round one. Absolutely. I will be able to report until uh, once I've actually submitted the list, then taken it back and crossed out some of the items. But uh, we were talking uh, just before we started to record the podcast about how exciting it is to be looking forward to what we're going to see on the day, because I actually don't have a really good sense, as I have for the past few regionals, of what likely lists are going to be, what people are going to be throwing at me, which will be new or different. So ICP has definitely got me excited again for seeing the creativity on display from other players, and that's... Uh, uh, you know, a big part of why I play the game. Exactly, exactly. Because obviously we had the um, Boba command card ban just a couple of days ago. So I think that's probably going to shake up some people's plans. Because obviously, not only if they were, really were planning on running Boba, then they have an extra two points to play, which yep. is which, which just increases creativity, which is great. But also, some people might have now been dissuaded about Boba just by that change. I, I do still think that Boba is too strong. But, I mean, it is a mine enough, but enough is enough. Yeah. But it will be good to see if people have found a way to make that work in an interesting way. And I think, you know, the, the, the old saying that you know, limitations often create the biggest creativity. People who come up with a clever idea to make him work without it will be uh, impressive, as indeed many of the other ICP things have done so. Precisely. Yes. So what are your plans for your list currently? I know you have got a couple of different ideas running around, but yeah. what's your primary idea? Well, there are some figures that are still just really legitimately good, and I think also a little bit fun to play. So I think Thrawn is part of most of the yeah. ideas that I've been considering this morning, partially just because uh, the IACP will be introducing questions into how things will be progressing, and the information advantage that Thrawn gives will give me a sense of a little bit of control back over that. The other best idea I've been enjoying was Jawa Swarm with Luke, because I feel that those yellow, yellow dice, if you can get as many rerolls out of Luke as possible, it's actually created quite an interesting option, which is, again, not miles away from the, the current non-ICP meta, it's just getting Luke's cost down so that is actually viable. The reason I'm probably not going to do the Jawas is the cats right now are so good at throwing that cleave around, I don't think I'd be able mm. to keep those Jawas up for long. Yeah. So that sort of put me back a little bit towards the Empire and that extra block and tankiness, which may be necessary. Yes. Fair enough. That's wonderful. So I saw that you were looking at ISBs a little bit. Yeah, well, I think that, again, it's if I can see my opponent's eyes light up, either because they think they're going to have an easy match or because they've never seen those figures <laughs> on the board in a while, that would be a real treat. I think that ISBs, in terms of their ability to get around that dodge, which we haven't seen in a while, are really valid for yeah. uh, so many lists where you know the, the white die, the dodge, or the on the lamb is sort of fundamental to the tankiness of the list. Uh, that said, I do know they're not entirely hard hitters, and they don't have hunter cards or things to be able to give them uplift, so I'm not entirely sure the best tactical use of them. I still think the elites are better, but um, it's going to be a question of how to actually make them be worth their seven points, even in an IACP list. Absolutely. And like you said, we are going to see such variety with the amount of different lists now. I don't think we've seen this amount of variety since Jabba's Realm came out. It's been such a... Personally, I've enjoyed the Hunter meta most of the time. But, I mean, the Hunter meta has been a lot more strict yeah, than, so. than any other meta before it. I think also the, in a game that, that maybe the co company wanted to speed up a little bit, I think maybe they were concerned that the length of the game was making tournaments and events difficult to play, and they, they saw X-Wing where you could get several more matches in, meant yeah. that Hunter cards and other cards that increased damage basically just brought down the amount of time before a game was really decided. So the cards that had slightly subtler, longer-term effects, whether they be Spies or others, they don't, they're harder to make work in a two, three round game now than they might have been otherwise. But I, I think that that's part of what the Hunter cards really added and why it's hard to find a way around them. You might still face an opponent who's trying to knock you out really fast. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, incredibly excited for this. Yeah, me too. I'm, <laughs> I'm not expecting to do too well at all. I've gone on like five games in since French Nationals, <laughs> which was over a month ago. So, but so the list I'm running is I'm preparing a back to basics lists. So it's a variation of the very first list I took to my first tournament. So it's got Fen, it's got Old Luke, it's got Acus, it's got Rebel Troopers. But because of IACP, you have almost an extra ten points as a result. Wow. Which is, you know, not in- insignificant. Yeah, absolutely. And just with that extra ten, that's that's an extra R two, that's an extra uh, an extra set of echoes. And suddenly two sets of echoes, especially with Fen's new abilities. Not so to anyone who's not aware, Fen has changed quite a lot. So he doesn't have assault or trooper assault anymore. But instead he has Havoc Shot. So he can suffer a strain after performing an attack to choose two hostile figures within line of sight and within two spaces of the target space and they each suffer one damage. He also has another ability, which is really, really interesting, and I think synergizes very well with the um, elite rebel troopers, is that they get two movement points um, at the start of his activation. So he can choose a figure within three spaces and they gain two movement points. So he can select himself for that, to move six and then attack, or he can select that on a different figure, and I've used that on Luke several times to move Luke two, and then Luke, on Luke's activation he moves five to perform a light seven slash. And you really nice, nice to be able to move that turret uh, reroll that Luke provides around to different areas of the map, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, the turret reroll on Luke, on a blue-green-yellow attack with the rebel troopers, Yeah, it can create some interesting things. I say turret in terms of casting a bit of a radius, as opposed to, as opposed yeah. to him being able to shoot in every direction. But, <laughs> yeah, 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 precisely. <laughs> right, but I do believe that we are arriving at our station yeah, pretty soon. I feel like we're decelerating, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that should be there. Looking so, forward to giving more reports. Indeed it is. So we'll That's be back in a little bit. Hello everyone, David here. I just wanted to give you a little bit of a summary of the event. Um, it's a little bit of a different recording style this time since we were at the event and we recorded a bunch of different little pieces with various people. So the audio quality is not as good. I hope you enjoy this as it was a lot of fun to do on the day. So at our regional in Milton Keynes, we had a total of 16 players. The field was five rebels, six scum, and five empire lists, which was really great to see for IACP. We had an incredibly varied field as well. So the breakdown was four rebel Jedi or force user lists, but they were all very different. I think only one of them was running Channel the Force, and we had one that focused a lot more on spies. And we had one Rebel Troopers list led by the Corset Fen, which was improved in IACP. We then had a whole bunch of scum lists. These included one IG-88 list, two Boba Fett lists, one Nexu list, one mid-range hunter list with Jabba and victory point manipulation, and one Jawa swarm as well. Okay, and finally for Empire, we actually had three Vader lists, which is quite rare for the UK meta. We had a Vader Royal Guard Champion list, a Vader Inquisitor Maul Onar list, and a Vader uh, sort of more normal Imperial list. We also had an Imperial Trooper list with Vice and an Emperor Sentries list. Yeah, so it was a really exciting tournament, and I hope you look forward to hearing how all of these people did. Alright, so we also mixed it up quite a bit by having a more varied set of maps and objectives available. Instead of using the three that were in rotation or recommended, 
We kind of threw out one copy of every printed map that Anurin and I had between us, and you you drew from the entire deck of missions available for all of these maps, and we tried to make it so that no one played the same scenario or map twice on the day. So that, that was really interesting too, and I hope everyone enjoyed the little strategies we tried to use to mix things up. Uh, finally, during the cut, we ran a Hunger Games side event, which you might hear about a little more in the episode. And definitely shout out to Anurin, who helped us out a lot because he organizes a lot of official events and definitely made our job a lot easier. Yeah, Anurin actually ran a lot of the official FFG events, and it's really great to have him on board to continue organized play in the UK. So we actually have very good continuity in terms of organization. All right, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm here with Jason Hunt and Peter Hunt. Can I have you introduce yourselves and how long you've been playing Imperial Assault? So, yeah, we play as a family. Peter's my son. This is my first tournament and Peter's second. Yeah, um, we've been playing Imperial Assault for about three years now. And have you been playing Skirmish the whole time or did you start on campaign like a lot of us? We started on campaign first and then moved on to Skirmishes after. I think Peter's played over 30 campaigns with his brother. We now have joining us really quickly Josh Hunt as well. So we were just talking about how you guys got started. So did you all get started together? We first played when some friends of ours came over with their sets and we liked the game so my brother and I we combined DOS for Christmas for the cool set and um, over the next three years we've more or less got it always a couple of figure packs are missing but I got the cool set and we just play it so often that it's definitely been worth it. Yeah I find the game is really good value because you kind of get three games out of one too. You get campaign and you have the app campaign and skirmish. But so Jason this is your first event how did you find it? I've loved it. So I've played four guys. I've played a rebel army. Uh, I've played a stormtrooper one with a terrifying General Vice. Mm-hmm. I've played a full Jedi army. And the last one was a, a scum kind of scavenger army with Jawas and Ugnaught. So quite a variety. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell us about your list that you brought. So mine is a scum list based around Boba. So it's Boba, Weakways, Wingguards, Jabba, and Lothcats. Lothcats are great for covering distance and seizing control. All right. So tell us about how did your figures perform and against the different lists, how did you find mm-hmm. your list matched up with some of the other lists out there? Against the Jedi, because I was a gun army, he was a melee, he had to come towards me, which was to my advantage. So I got away there. Against uh, Stormtroopers, that was fairly equal, both shooting each other. And I just managed to nick that one. And against the Scum Army, that was against another Boba. But my Boba took down his, and that was pretty much the deciding factor in that game. Nice, nice. All right, any other things that you thought were interesting, like any figures that you thought uh, were overpowered, underpowered ideas? No, I think the the ISCP has brought a few more figures into play that don't get played much, so that's really good to see those. I think it's given some really nice theme armies uh, a possibility. So the guy who played me five Jedis, they look beautiful, and um, some lovely figures there, yeah. Great. All right, so um, Peter, tell us about your list. So my list has Vader, four riot troopers, Captain Taro, a death trooper, and an officer. And tell us about what kind of matchups you had and how did your list do against some of those lists that you went up against? Um, my list was mostly melee and it was quite tough. So like, if I got up there, I could do quite a bit of damage. But then the final guy I played his was Jedi, so his pierce just got through my defense and he killed me really easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The extra pierce from those Jedis. So what list did you think you did really well against? I did best against Alistair's Jawa list because I could just kill his Jawas really easily. Yeah, they just kind of get smushed. All right, and um, Josh, tell us about your list. 
So my list contains the Emperor, Thrawn, two elite sentry droid groups, and one elite jet troop group with targeting computer. And tell us about some of the matchups that you had and how you felt your list performed. First battle was against an almost entirely melee army with riot troopers, Rogar champion Vader. I felt my list did well, but didn't play it well, and the terrain wasn't great, so I lost that one. Second one, some nice ditch efforts at the end from the Emperor. I was able to win that one. Third, came very close, two damage away from killing Boba. But the last one... It was quite good as well. Sentry droids are great with their ability to, to perform two attacks and just get eight attacks firing around. Yeah, so I've talked about before how I I know that Palpatine is a really good figure, but I, I just don't personally like him. So what are your thoughts now that you've had quite a few games with Palpatine in a competitive environment? Despite his speed, never put him down. You'll be surprised how much damage he can rack up with an auto damage, an attack with PS3, auto three damage and weaken, and then calling someone else in attack you'd be really down it's only 10 damage to one figure and think amazing all right so closing thoughts anything you want to talk about that you thought was really cool today uh, it's a very friendly community to play in i really love that it's, everyone's willing to help each other out encourage one another learn from each other give each other tips and i love the variety of the teams that people brought out to play i just love it it's a great game nice that each game is a different map and you can plan for them just to think on your feet that was great and it's just, yeah it's great i think it's like a great community and with the iscp stuff it means like there's more themed lists that are brought in and can be used thank you so much all right i hope you guys keep coming to events I hope so, yeah. i'm here at iacp regional with alistair scott can you give us some comments on your day so far i haven't faced the same map or mission twice in a row which has been fantastic it's been really really fun it's like the old days I know. It's a, I like the random map thing, but that also means I have played very poorly. Uh, good luck on your game. Thank you very much. I look forward to having my first Claudite off. <laughs> so I'm here with Ian Duff, longtime UK Imperial Assault player. Hi. Want to tell us a little about your list and how you felt about the games today? Uh, well, today I've been playing uh, Five Jedi. Obviously, only been able to do it with the IACP rules. I went semi-fluffy. You know, I just really wanted the Jedi, so I had uh, Jedi Luke, New Diala, Kanan, Ezra, and uh, Soka. Sorry, yeah, I know. Did you get? Did you play uh, the Knowledge and Defense? Command? I never. I never got. You to never play got it. it. Uh-huh. Right, it's in my deck, but I never. I had it in that last game, but it was right at the end, so I never got to play it. So. Uh, um, but in my practice games, I played it and it came out early and it was really good. I okay. really enjoyed that. Yeah. So um, I've had an average day today, two wins and two losses, but really enjoyed all the games. So, yeah, Excellent. Really yeah, I think it brings a lot of freshness to, to the game. Part of the fun for me is sitting sitting in, in, on the couch of an evening playing with lists and seeing what you can do and getting your command cards in and everything. And it just adds... We've been doing it for years, all of us, but yeah. uh, it just brings a new element into it, and it's just uh, fantastic. And I've learned a lot of things today, um, watching other people's lists, and I've gone, oh, yeah, I'll talk about that one. And Very take that, cool. T- take that one away. Yeah, so one of the choices we made when hosting this tournament, I was talking to Chris, who does the IACP Waves, and I decided to make Wave 2 legal, even though it hadn't been voted on or approved yet, just so everyone would have really crazy... Yeah, I think it's been great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, the Nexus look pretty pretty strong as they are, but um, I've just been watching a little bit of that. But, uh, yeah, okay. been really cool. Really enjoyed today. Excellent. Good to hear. Hopefully we'll see you in the Hunger Games side of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well.
So, Isaac, what have you learned from our IACP regional? Any interesting thoughts? <laughs> uh, well, quite a lot. One, <clears throat> next to second, all the worst. Secondly, is that apparently when you don't run ranges, all your trooper cards seem a lot less overwhelming. <laughs> interesting. Why is it that you decided not to bring rangers? For a couple of different reasons. Well, for one, there is the fact that so many more melee figures are now faster and better and stronger, which means the fragile snipers aren't as good. And then there's also the fact that... You know, it's nice to just spice things up a little bit sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, back to your game. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're here with Paul, who is in our most recent IACP regional. Say hi, Paul. Hi. And do you want to talk to us about your list that you brought to the day? So my list was actually built by David, and I'm not really sure how it works, but I know how it works, kind of. It just run in and smash people in the face with lightsabers and force pikes. So it was Vader Royal Guard with some riot troopers. Yeah, so Paul is part of our regular campaign group. And he's actually kind of the one of the most uh, Timmy players I know. He always loves to play things like the ATST or Vader. Because they're the best. <laughs> so I, I built him a list that had Vader and Royal Guard champion with unshakable parting blows and just let him go go crazy. And it, I think it ended up going really well. Uh, yeah, top four. Yeah, you yeah. made it really, really far, actually. And you were saying that you didn't think you were going to do very well. Uh, so what was your experience like on the day? Quite fun. I did get quite lucky with the rolls. I rolled a lot of maximum damages and the right amount of surges. And a lot of my opponents, a lot of my opponents did roll the dodges they needed when they needed them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I pulled through. Yeah, it was really fun just uh, running up to your opponent and just whacking them over the over the head. The new Royal Guard champion seems really, really strong with uh, all his... He's much cheaper, right, than the vanilla one? Yeah, he was reduced by quite a few points. Yeah. So what, what, do you feel that Vader or the Royal Guard Champion was the hero of your list? So the Royal Guard Champion normally did die about halfway through all my matches. But before the Royal Guard Champion dies, normally he takes out like an important target. Like he takes out Hondo. He takes out like one of the Jedis normally when, when I was fighting a Jedi list. And Vader normally is just around. It's really hard to kill him with Unshakable and everything and Zillow Beast. Ah, uh, yes. And then Unshakable just gives him the parting blow free hit. Nice. So what kind of lists did you play against that you felt you did really well against? And what lists did you come up against that you found challenging to play against? So most of the lists I played against were just scum. And they just brought just uh, a lot of different activations, especially this uh, one with the Claudite. I think I did mm. quite well against that just because I just ran at them. And then the Royal Guard ability triggered a lot with the riot troopers dying. So I could just get free moves and attacks and just mow them down kind of. So I played the person who came first and his Jedi list twice. Oh, really? Before the cut and after the cut. And I just could not get through that, the wall of Jedi, basically. Like, they always bogged down Vader. They always had more pierce than I could Zillow away. Mm. And they just cut through me. And with the Jedi list, there's a lot of white die that yeah. you're rolling against. Did you find that that was really challenging for you? Yes. I So in the in the the my <laughs> final match, I played against the the winner of the tournament. I Sam. He, yeah, Sam. In the semifinals. Yeah, he rolled five dodges. Whoa. Ooh, quite painful. <laughs> 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 but it, it was 
was alright. I did misplay the last map because the last map was the... The Dianoga. Crash, the Dianoga map. And uh, I didn't realize how quickly the Dianoga would die. So I oh, split yeah. up Vader and the Royal Guard Champion. And I made a gamble for the Royal Guard Champion to use, use his uh, command card to, mm. to attack it three times. But I hadn't taken into account the activation order. So by the time I was in position to perform the combo, Sam just went first and Ooh. immediately just Son of skywalker did it down. <laughs> and oh. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just lose uh, 25 points too. Oh. <laughs> I'll be honest. I remember when that was still in rotation and that happened to me as yeah. well. Especially if painful is if you put some damage on it and they just get that last yeah. little bit because you didn't quite make it. Ooh. Yeah, so on the day, we had kind of a random mission map. All different missions. We didn't have any duplicates in play. How did you find that? So I don't really play skirmish, so I really already don't know what the common objectives are. So I guess for me, it's kind of, it was more balanced because my opponent most of the time also ended up not either knowing or not remembering what it was like to play on those objectives. So I guess it was uh, quite nice to be on like even footing in terms of the objective mm-hmm. and just try to figure out while you're just figure out once you've been put into that objective. Nice. Sounds like you had a good time, and we hope to see you at another event. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'll, I'll definitely try to make it for the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so next time, we'll work on you building your own list. Yeah, I definitely want to try building my own list. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it's going to be Vice and two ATSTs. So. <laughs> uh, oh, you can do that? <laughs> I'm here with George, who's come in second at our IACP Regional. Uh, George, how was your day? Very good. I wasn't expecting this. I came to have fun, and I was also aiming to be part of the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, you missed out on that one. Yeah, I missed that one, but uh, it was a pretty good experience. Because this is your first official tournament, right? Yeah, actually my first one, and I have to thank everyone for the organization, especially David, because he was like teaching me all the stuff during these two weeks, uh, so thank you. Yeah, but that's great. Like your first one, and you came in second out of sixteen, so that's amazing. Uh, tell us about your list. Uh, what's a double next to AACP and with this teamer? I actually was doing a lot of damage with them, mm-hmm. and the only issue was that in this particular map in the final, I need to interact. So I decided to interact with the Nexus. Mm. So I need to run. I was expecting to get like 12 movement points and run away, but it wasn't that easy. So I don't think it was a good decision. So, uh, so is that how? What kind of lost you the game at the in the final? Yeah, I think I switched the purpose of the nexus, so I used them for interactions instead of attacking, and that I haven't practiced it. So my whole list was like different, mm-hmm. but actually the list is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I will stick to it if the ACP doesn't nerf the next the next yeah they are considering it so <laughs> they, uh, they should they should i i really understand that they are very strong yeah so tell us about um your matchups earlier today how you felt you did against some other of the lists that you played against uh with isaac was very fun i got very lucky with some shots and i managed to get all the points and zero against so it was very mm-hmm. lucky mm-hmm. and also with Jason I think the semi-final was pretty tight also and with this guy the winner mm-hmm. I had the two toughest matches in the tournament with him so yeah so what made great. them tough matches actually what I what I really believe is a tough match is when 
I get negated, mm. not actually the card, mm-hmm. but like they move specifically yes, to positioning. avoid my pounce with the Nexus. Nice, yeah. And that makes it so difficult. Mm-hmm. And he did it very well. And that's it. Yeah, was oh. very tough. Now, congratulations to the winner. It was absolutely amazing. But you had fun, right? A lot. Yeah, no. I will be here. I already confirmed to Isaac I will be there in the next Great. Uh, tournament. Alrighty, we are back from the tournament and we actually have the champion here with us to just discuss a brief little debrief is Sam. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm very well. I have recovered. Obviously, the the new celebrity status that I have as the IACP champion, the the fans throwing flowers in front of me as I walk everywhere, <laughs> has finally abated. But yeah, it was really good. Did you find a nice place for your trophy? I, I've been trying to win a regional for maybe six years with IA and X-Wing. And my family have been watching me come second, third, uh, 150th throughout that time. So I brought it to my mother's house and put it in front of her TV so that, you know, they can finally be proud. And I'm not joking either. That is genuinely true. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I will apologize for denying you that a couple of years ago. But yeah, that, that's so cool. Uh, do you want to go through your list to what you ran and stuff? So I've been running the same-ish list for the last two years of IA. Just before Spectre Cell dropped, I started playing Jedi Knight Luke, Ahsoka, Jared, Mac, uh, Gideon, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Hera with heroic effort. And I really liked it. It had a lot of spy cards, which I find really fun to play to make other people not have fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, I really like Luke Skywalker. He's my favorite character from the game. And Ahsoka is just like this absolute demon who can just delete a character. And that and that's what I've used her for for the last two years is like taking out the biggest threat. Like Han Solo, she could just kill in one go if you've got the right cards, uh, which I usually do because I'm a spy player. So I can just take out mm-hmm. on the lamb and stuff like that. And then Spectre Cell dropped and it made me really sad because my list was rubbish. Because I can take out one character really easily, but Spectre Cell had this whole you know every character is really good even Hera could just one shot like Jared which was ridiculous they don't care as much about their cards so the spy aspect wasn't super useful either no it was awful it was absolutely awful um I would take out the biggest threat which was uh usually Ezra for and I trade out Ahsoka for that but Ahsoka is eight points and Ezra is seven so I'm immediately down uh, and that never feels great but the last regional season I went to, we pretty much categorically, every regional said, let's not run Spectre. And I had probably one of the most fun tournament seasons for IA I'd ever had. All the lists were balanced. It it was great. It was loads of fun. But with IACP, a few of my squad lists, people dropped in points. And it meant that I could trade Jared, who really I just used to trigger heroic effort by dying so I could get Son of Skywalker quicker. But I traded him for Leia which really boosted the attacking power of my list, like, a lot. Interesting. So what were the command cards um, that you had in this list? I'm guessing you probably changed at least one card, especially in the IACP change, but at the at this regional, what uh, command deck do you run? Uh, I did not change my list at all. Not even for the new t- two-point get a white die constantly, constantly, constantly force user card? Nope. I did not, I did not change it at all. I have 
kept the exact same deck because it worked perfectly. And post-tournament, there are some changes I'm going to make. Uh, one change I'm going to make, actually, because Han Solo isn't as uh, prolific in the meta as he used to be. But no, the deck is the same. And it, it's Son of Skywalker, obviously, because it's the best command card in the game. Right back at you, which is one of my favorites. Everyone forgets about it. Uh, and it's caught out so many people. And then things like all the Force users, so Force Surge, Force Rush, Force Push... What are the spy stuff that you use? Uh, I use Strat Shift, I use Comms Disrupt and Negation. Strat Shift is really useful for all of those victory point lists or Jabba lists, anyone who is running R2-D2 or Black Market. They all want those command cards and then I take them all away from them. <laughs> Comms Disrupt is just brilliant. I don't understand why it's not been used more. Completely. I mean, it's two points and it's just a negation, but a little bit better. And if you don't have any spies, you can still use it to cancel zero-cost cards, right? So, yeah. But you're um, you're not running Intel? Uh, sorry, I do run Interleak as well, yeah. Uh-huh. And Interleak probably wins more games than it should. Yeah. <laughs> I relate to that. As a spy player, like... Yeah. And then Element of Surprise, yeah. Uh, planning as well, uh, but I have not run Take Initiative for two years, and I still am not going to run it. I think you don't need that card. And it makes room for more stuff. Why is it that you feel that take initiative isn't worth because it? Because if you're planning to take initiative and they have negation or comms disrupt, then your plan is scuppered. And so if you just play around not being able to take initiative, then it's better for you because you don't have that risk factor. I like that. And it means that you have this spare card slot. And everyone saves negation. For take initiative. Uh, sorry, I don't have take initiative, so they never spend negation. That's a good point, actually, because in my mind, I was like, okay, if I don't put in take initiative, well, they'll just play negation on something else. But if they assume that you have it in your deck, they will try to save it for it. So th- that's a good point. Yeah, and I tend to, the first couple of turns, I, not, I like to build my card in my hand up. So my games go quite quickly and to quite a few turns which means that that take initiative is quite important if they assume that i have it so they tend to hang on to the negation the further the game it goes and yeah this plays to my advantage then because they don't use it on things like planning or officers training or element of surprise interesting so uh, what kind of lists did you go up against in the tournament and how did you feel like your deck and your list combated those lists so i played vader three four times three times and i'm quite comfortable against vader two of those times was the same person because you played uh like before and after cut right yeah so i played paul with vader Rogar champion yes and normal rights twice and paul is a really good player if he put his mind to it he could he could be really good at this game i played tom parish who had vader maul onar grand inquisitor i think uh that was a hard list and i also played one of the young lads who had Vader, Elite Riots, and Terror. So, yeah, four times played Vader. Uh, and I'm quite comfortable killing Vader with Son of Skywalker, Ahsoka's big swing when she's focused, because she can do eight damage, ten damage, if all goes to plan. So, yeah, Vader, Vader's not, not really an issue. So that was a pretty good matchup for you then, because your list is designed to kind of be able to take out one figure, but you would kind of struggle with lists that had kind of more spread out units or like units that weren't as juicy targets let's say like jawa swarm or something yeah i my my list does excel at killing the queen piece which is where it struggled with specter cell because they all are queen pieces 
Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, my first game was against, I can't remember the young lad's name, and it was on Blitz. I think it was Peter. Yeah. So, so we had Blitz, and he stacked all of his stuff on one side. I stacked all of my stuff on the other, and I had more stuff than he did. So I just ran and took all of the points and slowly picked off his units. <laughs> Um, with my much better maneuverability from Ahsoka and Jedi Knight Luke. And Vader never got to touch anything except from R2-D2 because I just ran away from him because the map is just so big. And Vader, you know, he's he's really good at hitting things and killing stuff, but he's not very quick. And this is where like a comms disrupt on a force rush or an urgency was just like, yep, Vader can't meet, reach anything this turn. The second game was Paul, who was telling me that it wasn't very good and then proceeded to get eight points on U-Screw on the first turn, which was uh, a bit of a surprise. Just that brush in with everything in his list. But I think my experience of playing the game and the patience beats him on this one. But I did manage to get a five attack Luke off on Vader in one turn, which was amazing. Oh, no. Yeah, it was <laughs> Luke ran in, uh, and it, Vader was left to activate, but I was like, ah, oh, it'll, it'll be funny. <laughs> uh, so, so Luke goes in and does his two attacks, and then Vader swings back, and then the son of Skywalker for two more attacks. And then Leia runs up and goes, hey, bro, have another go. So yeah, five attacks on Vader, it was, it was beautiful. Nice. How much damage did you end up doing total? Not enough. Ahsoka had to go in and finish the job, but it, you know, I, I had uh, initiative next round as well, so I could have done um, uh, six, uh, yeah, seven attacks with Luke. Oh my! Nice. <laughs> and then round three, I think, was um, Tom, which was the big Vader Maul Inquisitor list, and I used every card I had to make sure Vader went down in that turn, which he did, and then it was a bit of a struggle for Tom to catch up, because I've got most of my list is, is still on the table, even if it is a bit battered, and so yeah, that took that one down. Tom's a really good player, he usually beats me. Yeah, that's a really interesting list. Both of these are actually very low activation high beefy guys list yeah and mine's mine's an eight act list but only has two and a half attackers really it was luke and ahsoka and then leia to do stuff she can hit really hard if she's focused but the rest of my stuff is just fluff waiting so i get those last activations with the with high attacks and then my last game was against the one and only george who i'd never met before and what a legend he was. So running Elite Nexu, two, two Elite Nexu, Onar, Shyla, and then some support characters. We both played on a map that I'd never seen before. And I think, is it the shield generator in the barracks for Endor? Is that the next map to come out? Yeah, that's the next rotation. Uh, so I'd never played on that, and um, George had. <laughs> so he's a little bit more knowledgeable than me on this mission. And we, we played the game in... Uh, I pushed Luke in a little bit too early, thinking that Onar had activated, and he took a big swing at Luke and did a lot of damage. And it was a bit of a bloodbath, but because I knew how I'd make, made the cut, I was a little bit cheeky and didn't play Son of Skywalker, okay. because he hadn't planned for Son of Skywalker to happen and didn't realize that it existed, mm. I think. So I thought if we played again, in the final or the or the, the cut, then <laughs> Son of Skywalker as a surprise would have been a little bit cheeky. Sam, so sly! Wow, <laughs> that is really funny. George is actually quite a new player. He's local here, so oh, I mean, he, he was solid, right? He was, um, yeah, he, he played really well. He was 
some good tactics. He got a little bit greedy in this game with a Nexu that had, I think he had like two or three wounds left and it was standing next to Luke and Ahsoka and he wanted to get Ferocity off with a focus. So he focused up the Nexu and I ran Mac round and Mac took a long range shot at something like seven or, or eight with a focus and because Mac can shoot through my units because he's got like a built-in marksman thing. Right. He just popped that next to <laughs> And uh, yeah, George was a bit devastated. Um, but yeah, it was a really good game. Really enjoyed it. Again, this is a, another one where I think his lack of experience, um, he didn't realize that Ahsoka could write back at you. So And it triggers before the attack happens. So he did a Shyla attack on Ahsoka and Ahsoka just flicked that fist back in her face oh. and killed her before she got the chance to kill Luke. Wow, nice. Yeah. But uh, George actually did beat me on this one. Uh, we ran out of time, and I think I accidentally made a mistake by putting two figures on the wrong victory point zone and not having force pull, which is why I needed to draw or win the game. But, you know, it was, it was all right. I, I wasn't too bothered because uh, I made the cut. My semi-final against Paul was on the Dianoga, which is a mission I never played. Right, yeah, he did talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if he had, because he had the Royal Guard Champion Invader, if he'd have put both of those into the Dianoga pit, Paul would have won because I can't deal with that much damage in such a focused area and all those victory points that you get from killing a Dianoga is just insane. But he put Vader down the corridor to try and do a flanking maneuver and it just left the Dianoga open and allowed me to pick off the rest of his stuff. But yeah, if he'd have played that slightly differently, which is why I say if he had a little bit more experience, he'd be really, really good at this game. Yeah, we actually um, chatted with him uh, yesterday, and he he basically said the same thing. He just didn't realize how quickly the Dianova would go down, so he thought he would have a bit more time, and so he's trying to be clever about it. But yeah, I feel like with that list, you kind of want to be the beat down. You want to just go in really aggressively and try to take out as much as you can, because that's a lot of damage coming out of those. Yeah. And and it's because you, you need to get those rich points from the Dianoga on that map, especially with Vader on the field and the uh, Grand Inquisitor. So I, it, it was just a poor, poor strategy on Paul's part for one figure. Otherwise, he would have beat me there, which is, you know, he's a guy to watch for uh, in future tournaments. Absolutely. He uh, absolutely creamed me in my uh, round four Swiss game. He doesn't like to admit it, but he's an amazing player. Yeah. Uh, so my last game in the final was against George again. And we initially got drawn on a map that was really, really tiny. But luckily, George had played it before. So we redrew and had a map that neither of us played today, uh, on that day. And it ended up to be the Hoth map, which was really interesting. I've never played it at all. That's Nolvanian Warzone, right? Yes. Where the doors are locked and you have to return the droids to the terminals. Okay, so I, I do have to point out that you guys actually played one set of the doors incorrectly. <laughs> yeah, we were told afterwards, but we both played the same rule, so we were like, oh, whatever. Yeah, so it was really interesting, because so the droids were worth like nine points each, so I stacked all of my stuff at the top nearest to where you can get to the droids because you know my beat sticks are really they can do a lot of damage and they're really quick i ran in i took two of the objectives straight away and george took one uh with the nexu uh luke went in he did a lot of damage to one of the nexu i had son of skywalker in hand and then Shyla <laughs> did horrific things to luke using element of surprise tools for the job 
a focus. Uh, I think positioning advantage was in there as well. And ruined Luke's day. Absolutely ruined his day, which was not brilliant. So forced me to use Sun Skywalker straight away, uh, which I did, really didn't want to do. Uh, did a little bit of damage to Shyla, I think like five damage, and then killed the Nexu. So uh, George was down one of his big hitters, and his other Nexu then killed Luke. So I was down 11 points straight away. But Ahsoka and Leia both had droids. So I swung Ahsoka in using her extra movement points and did a big eight, eight damage attack to the Nexu, which he blocked a couple of bits, but it's still within right back at your range. So I was hoping he'd um, attack Ahsoka, but he didn't. So I pulled everyone back to one of the terminals and George did the same with his Nexu with the uh, droid. George got his nine points. And I got 18 from my two objectives that it was just taking each other's apart, really. It really got down to me with Leia, Ahsoka, and R2-D2 versus Shyla, the support characters, and a Dexuit with three health. At that point, it was like, oh gosh, <laughs> this is really, really close. And George came in and I think he was going to kill Leia by dragging her to him and attacking her, then change next round his initiative he would kill leia with shyla i think i was watching and you comms disrupted something right i comms disrupted the extra movement for him to reach leia which meant he would only get one attack yeah so i think shyla can kill leia in one go if it goes badly for leia when she's focused but that reducing that to just one attack was so important and then at that point i was like ah i think i've got it i think i've done it it was such a clutch cons disrupt. I mean, that's what the card is for. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, a planning as well that drew it. Because I, I had to, the, you have to interact to drop the droid to get the nine points. So you're missing out on an attack. So I just pulled everyone back, did the interact, and had spare a spare activation with Ahsoka. And I actually had a spare activation with Ahsoka and Leia. And I meant to planning with Leia, but I forgot. Ooh. So then I'm like, oh god, I need to, I need to planning. Yeah. So Ahsoka did the planning, drew the comms disrupt. I was like, oh, here we go. Shyla pulled Leia in for her one attack. Ahsoka then dives in to hit Shyla because if Ahsoka doesn't kill Shyla, the Leia can shoot Shyla, and Ahsoka can have another attack, which was the plan. And I thought Shyla's dead, and I've got it. How low did Leia get with Shyla hitting her with just one attack? Uh, she had two health left. Oh. Woo! And. I thought, I was like, I was like, I'd be really clever with my positioning for Ahsoka because I got right back at you in hand. The Nexu is stunned from a parting blow that it did on C-3PO. So with its pounce, it can reach Ahsoka. But because it has to unstun, it can't move and get Leia. So I was like, oh, I've been really clever here. Uh, and what I forgot about is Beast Tamer. <laughs> so I was really lucky that, that George didn't see that kill Leia. I feel like in the finals, just player error really becomes a big issue because you're tired, you're stressed. These things always happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I saw the route to winning, I was like, I did start to shake because it was just like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. I'm going to win this. And and then the beast tamer happened, and I was like, oh god, what have I done? Uh, I'm not going to win this. But then George pulled the next week back, so it was uh, up to Leia to she all she had to do was two damage to. Uh, a Jawa using element of surprise. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, with element because I was like, why die? <laughs> yeah, but with element, it needs to do two damage, and I think I rolled like surge, surge damage. Oh, by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, because Leia has like a plus two damage, and the Jawa can do a free surge even though it doesn't have a dice or 
anything it just minus a surge so it was quite literally just that is awesome yeah because we were watching that finals and it was down to the wire and the comeback you had was just amazing to see and honestly that win was so well deserved so thank you yeah i was really really pleased yeah i'm glad you can finally pop that glass trophy up on your wall now (laughs) yeah Congratulations on your win. Do you have any kind of closing remarks about anything about the event, about the way that we ran it, the format, or anything like that? Probably loads. I mean, I thought the event was brilliant. I had a really, really good time. It was great to see, you know, the friends I've met playing this game. If you've not played the IACP yet, I think it's a really good way to keep the game going and it changes the meta, which is what you need to keep people interested. Uh, And the way that the tournament was run was instead of using the FFG official tournament maps that are in rotation, it used what, all of the maps that have previously been in rotation? So it kind of just used all of the printed maps that I could randomly find. <laughs> you know, those maps I'd never played before. I've been playing for two years, so it, it, oh, it was so interesting. It's so different. That, and yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well played, a really good game. And yeah, I think you guys, if you do another one, I'll be there for that. Because yeah, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. Really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if we if we as a community want to keep this game going, then that's this is the kind of thing that it should be. And, you know, the little trophies and all the old arts that you did were, were fantastic. That's great. I think I gave George my last year's regional dice because, <laughs> yeah, he was just a, such a quality player. It's like you, you need to win something. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he actually went up against me in uh, Swiss round three and he won our game 40 points to zero. Whoa, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, those cats pack a punch. He played beautifully. I played I, I read and played well. I was a little bit too aggressive. Didn't know the list quite yet well enough, but uh, hey, it was a good laugh, and he fully deserved that win because he outplayed me. Well, I think that's what the whole point of the IACP is, is to keep the game fresh. Exactly. By adding in these weird new units, you know, who would have thought that Nexu, Elite Nexu, would have gotten to the top table? Mm. Yeah, you know, I've never played against Elite Nexu in a tournament setting. Uh, I actually, I played them a lot back in the day before Java's Realm came out. And they were they were pretty good then. Yeah, but stuff was in black and white back then. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Well, thanks, Sam, for coming on and uh, chatting about uh, the event. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. And uh, I mean, especially thanks to you guys for for running such a brilliant time. You're very welcome. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was a good day. Well, I suppose now that everything's been said and done, it's just back to the three of us. Well, first off, I want to, just like as everyone else had, has... Thank you two for an amazingly run tournament, which Jess completely ran on completely on her own. Yep, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I helped a little bit on the day. <laughs> How did you guys feel it went? I thought it went marvelously, but what do you guys think? Yeah, so I, th- I think the event went really well. Something I really underestimated was whether or not I could play and do everything else. And I think that was sort of a bad idea because it didn't end up happening. Yeah, I dropped halfway through, but the event itself was great. We had um, five new players, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, which is really impressive. 
And I think IACP was a big success generally, mainly because it shook up the meta so much. I know there were a lot of people annoyed about this last minute Boba Fett's command card ban. Probably a little bit my fault because I maybe could have told them earlier, but we didn't have any official article until quite late as well. I think that people took it really well though. So all of you Boba Fett players out there, you all handled it very well, (laughs) all things considered. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we had two Boba players and yeah, it obviously was a little bit unfortunate, but it was announced last minute, but it was announced last minute so that it would actually be announced. The Boba players, I mean, they both did really, really well. I believe one, at least one of them made the top cut. Yeah. And just the idea of them with that extra cut, it, it is ridiculous because as we know, Boba is a little bit too powerful. The Nexus is a little bit too powerful. And yeah, the committee isn't the most responsive as it's ever been. So we just had to kind of come up with a quick fix until we could just come up with something a little more official, which makes a little more sense. Because the last thing we want to do is ban cards. It felt like a necessary evil just for the regional season until we can either balance season two or initiate season three. I mean, personally, I really want to kick off season three ASAP, but some others in the committee don't. They want to see season two balanced first. So if any of you listeners, regardless of what you think of the topic, if you if we want to discuss it on the IACP chat on Slack, that's a great way just for, so we, the committee, can figure out what you guys want. Do you guys want us to fix Boba and uh, Boba's, Boba and the Nexu first and then go ahead with season three? or just dive right in with season three and all this wonderful new content. So um, David and Jess, what did you run for the tournament? And how did you, I mean, first off, did you have fun? And then secondly, how did you do score-wise? So I had a lot of fun. So in that sense, I won the whole tournament. In the classic sense, I came in bottom because I lost all my games. (laughs) But um, I did have a lot of fun. I ran my Rainbow Droids list uh, with some Iggy. We have some Jawas to allow me to bring some Sentry Droids. I had 3PO and R2 and BT and Triple Zero. Oh, no, wait. I don't think I had 3PO. I had triple zero. I had evil 3PO, <laughs> um, which I, I just really like PT and triple zero. I've been reading their comic. And they're just hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I did bad. I did real bad. Um, I think it was a lot of what we were talking about on our last episode about resources that you don't really quite use properly. So I was a little too cautious with Iggy, I think, and I should have played him a bit more aggressively because he actually never took damage in any of my games. And I think that was a big mistake. I think I should have played a little bit more aggressively with him and put him out in more dangerous situations because he he can he can withstand like one hit at you know like most of the time and like he was too safe like he didn't take any hits and yeah it it didn't go so well for me david how about you uh so i ran the jedi list with the knowledge and defense two-pointer card as well as the channel the force upgrade to tutor that thing out into the opening hand i think strength wise the list was okay so i had eight activations i had four jedi focus and spy my my problem was in my first game first game was against tom Parrish. i think i rolled so badly that he did not have to use 
the pierce or the ditching a card on Zillow the oh. entire game. And I sacrificed all of my Jedi to kill Maul, basically. Whoa. Yeah, I, I rolled really badly. I've been having a terrible dice luck month. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so that, that was interesting. Despite rolling two or three white dice on every defense, nothing ever got dodged or blocked. But then my second game, I played against Triss, who was running Vice, uh, an Imperial list. And then I dodged quite a few times, and I it was actually a really close game, and I won that one. Uh, we have a recording of it if anyone wants to watch me dodge a lot of things. And then at that point, though, I, I decided I didn't really enjoy playing the list. Building an entire mechanic based on overloading that white die dodging is not a super fun experience to play or play against i think it, it's just very awkward and i don't know that i would really want that in my life because for some attacks i was rolling three white dice oh. against it Ooh. I, I didn't dodge that one but i just had so many symbols i blocked the entire attack it, it's a bit ridiculous i don't know yeah exactly uh, and i mean personally i do find the idea of the card to be really interesting but yeah, I mean, adding a white die which can dodge is quite a field's bad man. So for me personally, a change I would like to see is, you know, something like add a white die to your defense pool. Any dodges you roll during this attack are converted into two block and innovate. I mean, it still makes it strong, but for a two co uh, cost card, which you also need to spend surges to get the value out of it, you just do still want it to be strong. And then obviously you need to think about the fact that the Jedi are probably sacrificing damage capability to get the card back. Um, as they're wasting surges. So, you know, it's it's a difficult one to balance in that way because you could be sacrificing up to two damage, sometimes even three damage, if you decide to pull the card back and you kind of want to get your money's worth. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting debug. Yeah, so then at that point, I was actually still ill uh, that day. I had a cold or something, so I wasn't feeling too well. And I had to set up and get ready to run the Hunger Games side event. So then I, I dropped after two two games halfway through Swiss to take care of other things. But yeah, it was, it was a really fun day. Otherwise, I kind of wish I had brought a different list, but I'm not sure I had the energy that day to play all my games anyways. So I just went full nostalgia with my list. I ran Fen, two sets of Elite Echoes, one set of Elite Rebel Troopers, 3PO, and Old Luke, because we all love Old Luke. And... Because him at 7 is actually pretty nice. Did I do well? No. Did I have fun? Yes. The Because, again, the list I ran of my very first tournament was Old Luke, Fen, one set of um, Elite Trouble Troopers, one set of Elite Echoes, and Gideon. So essentially I had that list, but I got an extra 10 points <laughs> because of all the IACP changes, which, uh, I mean, I'll happily take. I won my first two games, which were um, and they were... You know, really, really fun games. The last two games were also fun games, but um, didn't do too well there. So in my first game, I went up against a Jedi list. It was essentially the mission where there's this room with locked doors. Um, if you control a terminal, at the end of the round, you can open a door, and then it closes at the end of the round. So it's, And then if you if you control that room, you get 10 points. So pretty crazy one. And against Jedi, that is a little bit precarious, because obviously I'm ranged and he's melee. But at the same time, I'm ranged, not with ranger style, I'm ranged with Echoes, who want to be adjacent to you anyway, with Luke, who wants to use his saber slash anyway, etc, etc. So it worked out, um, only just managed to pull out the win, 
Then round two was up against a Boba, um, which was really, really swingy. He took out a bunch of my figures in the beginning of the game, but um, because it, we were playing on Jabba stashes, despite him taking out a lot of my figures, I had enough because he had a set of um, elite wing guards and he clumped them together. Turns out Fen is brutally efficient at taking out clumps of troopers. With that extra splash damage, the blast, he is insane against a, a cluster of troopers together. So you make made really quick work of them. And once they were gone, I was getting 12 points around. And, you know, it's kind of difficult to keep up against someone who is getting 12 points around. Round three, I went up against George. And like I said during our chat with Sam, yeah, I, uh, I didn't score a single victory point that game. So I was too aggressive in the beginning of the game. His cat dodged when it really, really needed to. Um, but I'm, I also should have played around considering the fact that the dodge was a factor. So I misplayed. He played well, fully deserved win on his part. And then my final game was against Paul on Uskru. And yeah, he was really, he was just able to contest the um, posters and stuff like that really, really well. And Vader and the, and the, um, and the Royal Guard champion are just brutal together. Because when I eventually managed to whittle Vader down, suddenly there's now a Royal Guard champion as well, who's slicing me to pieces. Um, but all really, really fun games. And I just loved the format of having just a random map on every table and then just playing with whatever you get. I thought that was so fun and cool. I'm glad people found that fun because I was a little bit worried that people would have some angst with balancing uh, it being unbalanced, but it seems like everyone we talked to seemed to find that that was a fun element versus frustrating. So I'm glad that worked out. I also want to point out um, just a bit about my favorite match of the day was against Josh. And we just had some, I had some really funny moments in it. I got smushed, but like smushed in pretty spectacular fashion. So round one, first action, Thrawn, discards my blaze of glory so we were off to a great uh. start <laughs> yeah and then he has his um sentries so josh was playing imperial so he had thrawn and palpatine and sentries actually as well so we had like a sentry duel and we were just blasting across the map like range nine and we're like yeah we'll just try this and see what happens and he completely disintegrates a jawa from across the map and i was like Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And we ha traded fire like back and forth across the map with sentries out of seven wild like range nine shots, like six of them hit or something, or it was like seven out of eight. Like it was a really ridiculous number of like long range shots that I didn't think were going to make it. And it, the game basically was over. We had this one really crucial uh, activation where I had triple zero in range to come up and zap the emperor for a bit and I, I had two activations in which to hit the emperor with i had triple zero and i had iggy who is quite far away and quite safe triple zero however was kind of a little bit too close i thought he would be okay actually but i instead instead of using triple zero used iggy to take the shot on palpatine and he safely did it he safely put through some damage not enough to kill him uh, but then i was like okay well now he's low enough that triple zero can go and uh, basically kill him without having to roll for it he can just use his whatever his evil version of improper procedures is <laughs> but uh then the emperor 
activated and he tempted BT, okay? So he gets the damage token and then he does lure of the dark side to have BT shoot triple zero with the token. And that was just really nasty. And then he uses his, what's it called? Zappy thing, like his ordering or whatever, um, to have the sentries um, finish triple zero off. I think technically that's like breaking the rules though, because I don't think you could have done both of those in the same round, but it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. And then on top of that, he plays celebration. So that was a pretty crazy activation. Yeah. So triple uh, zero went down from full health. And uh, at that point, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it back in points, but it was pretty, pretty wild, wild time. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> and yeah, just for some extra context there with those massive range shots, that was Nell Hutter. So yep. I'd say the longest range map, or the second long re- longest range map in the game. There is Hondo's map, which is, it makes Nalhata look like a, I don't know, a cardboard box. I, I would love Hondo's map to come in, because then I can just pull out my ranges again and my SCP. Love that. I liked, though, that also because of the way that we did the maps, like you weren't constantly playing the same ones. So if you had a bad matchup, it was like, oh, just for this particular game. But in your other ones, like you'll go up against some other things. And so you weren't feeling like you were constantly going to be uh, penalized in this particular rotation, uh, which I think was nice. It makes it really hard to practice. And I mean, the meta is defined a lot by uh, what maps are in rotation too so it helps keep things fresh i think it also helped with all of the newer players who are less experienced and that we were now all playing maps yeah nobody (laughs) knew yeah yeah exactly i I mean just like you said was, was that five new players uh yeah or not like brand new but some players that hadn't gone to very many events and we had two players i think this was their actual first big event and paul i think it was only his second event or something and one was just a really small local okay so paul i think paul has been to one store event here before and he was playing only core box heroes with sasuke oh my god also he like lost his command cards (laughs) so he had a crazy command card list oh like he had stuff in it that legally he could put into his deck because he had to legally put in a certain number of cards but he couldn't actually play them oh, oh paul oh uh, we love him love the guy but yeah just uh, what i want to touch on with how many new players we had that is something which i really see the ia the iacp is able to do so at the London Wargaming Guild, which is a, a, a club of um, gamers, basic, mostly dedicated to GW games, but there are some FNG games played there. But I've now run one Learn to Play IACP event there um, with four with four players, and some of them have joined the Slack. I mean, there was actually one guy who, after after just that one Learn to Play event, he bought he already had the corset. He bought three expansion boxes and a bunch of figure packs during uh, Dark Sphere's Black Friday sale. Uh, and that just, you know, it feels absolutely great to just see new players who, you know, never played the game before. And they come and they, they realize it's actually a really, really cool game, just like we all know. And that is something I would highly recommend to so many people. It is so easy to just contact your local club or group, say, hey, I've got a collection of, of my own Imperial Assault stuff. Is it okay if I run a Learn to Play event? 
And I mean, it is so easy. Obviously, if you reach a certain number of players, you will probably need to collaborate with another player just so you can supply lists to everyone. But we had four players, so I was able to create an IG droids list, a original trilogy heroes list, a stormtroopers and ATST list, and then a more um, elite spies list as well. Um, just fun, and there were so many different, you know, players from different backgrounds just trying out the game, and and, and you know, people who have never played the game before. There, everyone is just standing over the dice tray. They're just stressing: Will that person roll the dodge? Is the dodge going to come up? It's going to decide the game, and then the dodge doesn't come. And it's just moments like that. And I mean, when you can not only give that to people, but also just increase the the community of the game, it is something I cannot recommend enough that you guys do, which is basically what the community kit was designed for, the ICP kits. And again, I think I've said this before on the podcast, but just in case, I will just make it more or less an, an official announcement. So the reason all of the kits haven't been sent out is because I don't have them, and the guy who has them isn't doing very well on a personal level, which I'll let him disclose that when he feels up to it. But that is the reason that we haven't been able to send out any kits. So they're they're all in stock. I don't have them and I don't have the PayPal either. So I can't refund nor can I send them out. My hands are tied. Just wanted to clarify for everyone um, in case there was any confusion there. I think I've spoken about this before, but but I'm not sure. So just wanted to put it out there in case I have. Yeah, so for for our event, I think I, I managed to scrape together promos and tokens and enough stuff for all the people who made made cut and for participation prizes. I don't remember if we made a big announcement, but if you want the IACP tokens instead, just uh, let us know and you can swap them. Yeah, exactly. So so um, eventually um, we will get our hands on the kits. It's not confirmed when, but we definitely will at some point. Could we talk about the Hunger Games event? Oh, yes. Can we please? <laughs> David! Talk about how you um, developed it and ran it. Okay, sure. Um, I think I actually got the idea when I was looking at the schedule for Nova or Gen Con. And apparently they ran a Hunger Games Imperial Assault side event. Or maybe they didn't. But that's that's where it came from. Uh, I tried to contact them and get rule sets, but didn't really get any response. So we just kind of made our own. Basically, you spawn on a big map and you you all drop down as unarmed campaign heroes. And then you go around looting crates to get weapons and other items. And you murder each other until there's only one left. And that was one of the most fun side events I've played in so long. Because the four-player game, is, is it's fun. But a ten-player game of heroes just running all around the map and picking up weapons and interacting with terminals to do certain things, it, it was so fun. So I ran Garkin, formed a pretty quick alliance with um, Jessica, who was Tress, and Triss, who was Jakarta. So we had a bit of a Wookiee alliance there. I was the last one standing of the Wookiee Alliance, I'm happy to say, after getting a Vibrowax, which is incredibly fun for Garkin. And eventually I came second. I was blown to smithereens, some sort of orbital bombardment or something. (laughs) Um, We were punishing people pretty hard for uh, hiding in the corners in the later rounds. I will very happily say I blew myself up. from some kind of uh, push-your-luck uh, map objective. Yeah, so there was a, there was a terminal that we, we opened up after the first player died, and you could interact with the terminal and test wrench, 
And if you succeeded, you could hit someone anywhere on the map with red die, unblockable damage. But after it's been activated, if you continue using it, eventually you fail. And when you fail, you blow yourself up instead. It was spectacular. <laughs> uh, also, what I thought a really fun element is because um, we had like a, ran- a system that was randomizing what stuff you pick up from crates. So let's say that you are Loku or something but you end up with melee weapons you have to kind of then decide what you're going to do with your like rubbish things for you and so then i like that element of like alliances being formed and like broken and new ones being formed um so that was i thought a really fun element too is when you get like mismatched equipment yeah exactly um because garkin drew into an e11 and a sniper rifle which i mean those are nice, but that's not what Garkin wants. But that's then when I formed the alliance with a very eager to oblige. Actually, he wasn't very eager. He was, I was actually a little bit rude every now and then. <laughs> a little un- untrusting of me. I, c- I can't imagine why. I was hide- I was perfectly fine just hiding in the corner until I decided I wanted to trade. What's untrustworthy about that? Honestly. Hey, last, last time I played, I was trying to bolt sling using Vinto with my gaffies. <laughs> Oh my god, that was so good. <clears throat> but yeah, so then I did trade. I got a Vibrorex from Dracata, and he then got my E11 and a sniper rifle, which works, it works out. Yeah, so the, the winning... Who was Congratulations that? to Joshua Hunt for winning the Hunger Games event. Well played, sir. To be fair, he did manage to skate by with the like running away. I think he was playing Jin O'Dan. Oh, so good. So slippery. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> Yeah, and when Jin then suddenly gets her hand on a sniper rifle, she becomes a little bit painful. And then especially because with how the terminals worked, I was um, I was Garkin, so we were the final two. I needed to get in close to be able to take Jin out because Jin was almost dead. She had taken quite a yeah. couple a couple of damage. So I would just need one hit and her not to dodge, and I would have won. Um, but because she has good tech, I don't. She could run away and just interact with terminals, and I just was completely blown to smithereens. But that was such, such a fun game. So this was actually the second time I've run a Hunger Games side event. It was, a, it was also an IACP tournament a couple months ago, and I think you were playing Han Wookies. Oh, yes. So Paul won that one as Sasuke, obviously. Sasuke is good, actually, in campaign. <laughs> She's really good. I think he killed four people. I know. It was, how? Uh, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Well, any other closing remarks? I'm looking forward to running another one, and I'm hoping it can reach the same standards. And I'm looking forward to many more of the same quality for us to keep on keeping this community alive. All right. Thanks for listening, and hopefully we'll see you soon. See you Good later. night.